Welcome to Behind the Screen, a bonus interview series from Forward Movement, featuring author conversations with our managing editor, Rochelle Thompson. Welcome to Behind the Screen, an opportunity to talk with this month's author of Forward Day by Day Meditations, uh, Rex Peterson, who is from Gordon, Nebraska. Hi, Rex. Glad to have you with us today. Hello, Rochelle. I've been looking forward to this visit. Well, it was great um, reading and working with you on your meditations and just hearing more about your story. So tell us a little bit about who you are and um, a little bit about life in Nebraska. Okay. Well, I can remember reading recently a, a little story about Kurt Vonnegut when he was in high school and he went on a thing and he was telling about how he wasn't very, very good at anything, but he had lots of experiences. <laughs> And the guy he was visiting with said, well, that's what makes you interesting. Right, and right. And quite honestly, I don't think I'm really good at anything, but I've had lots of experiences. <laughs> and, that's a pretty great way to look at life. And some of those experiences made it so that I thought, you know, there are things happening in our world that those experiences will speak to people and help them have a better understanding of the scripture. Well, give us and an example of that. why I wanted to do this. Yeah. Well, give us an example of some of those. Right. Well, the, the, there's one uh, that I did about the 23rd Psalm. And mm -hmm. I didn't live in, I didn't run sheep myself in that way. I had a small flock. But I was very aware that the big range flocks that were in our area would come through and we would meet the people and we knew the people that owned the range flocks. We understood how they did their business. Um, so you got an appreciation for just what it was. And one day I had a visit with the uh, uh, minister in Steamboat Springs mm -hmm. and he talked about David's credentials for fighting Goliath. Right. And he had fought both the lion and the bear. And he pointed out that the lion lived in the desert, which is the Negev, and the bear lived in the mountains. Those were up in Lebanon and uh, Turkey. Mm -hmm. So this was a nomadic flock, just like the ones I was watching on the Western Range. Right. And so I used that to tell the story, you yeah. know, that what it means to be able to lie down in that green pasture is a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of risk. Uh, and absolutely. I don't think people pick up on it. No. I don't think so. I think that's one of the things I liked so much about your writing is that for a lot of people, um, their connection to the earth, to the actual earth, the soil, the land, where the food comes from, the animals, um, it, it, that's such a disconnect. And for you, it's a part of your life. How has that informed your faith? Oh, it's been tremendous, uh, the impact it's had on my faith. You know, when I went to, uh, to a, a meeting where they were talking about what do you see when you look through the microscope at soil? Mm -hmm. And what is the difference between healthy soil and soil that's not healthy? And it was relationships. And it was sharing things. And it makes it so you don't think about so much, what am I doing right? But what am I doing in the community to make the community right? Mm -hmm. um, and that was just an absolutely wonderful experience because it just started opening up doors 
that I brought back to my faith and back to my understanding of my relationship with the church and my understanding of the relationship with other Christians and my understanding of my relationship with Christ that really enhanced it. Yeah. Are there other stories that, you know, uh, so often in the Bible, Jesus talks and uses agrarian situations, farming situations to explain his message. Are there other stories that when you hear, you're like, ah, I understand that in a way that um, I I have firsthand experience (laughs) on this. (laughs) Or you think about the one where uh, I grew some weeds. Okay, so Rex, tell me about that story with the weeds. Well, anyway, well, let's talk about some weeds again. Okay. Uh, Okay. Um, We had... We'd moved down here to Nebraska from up in uh, uh, st- near Steamboat Springs. And there the winter is when you get all the moisture. Mm. And then they irrigate and hope for the rains in July and August. And it's not unusual for June to be very dry. And here, the winters are quite often open, right? This year there's... So Nancy got worried about drought. Mm-hmm. And one of the sad things that can happen during a drought is that the uh, uh, plants can accumulate nitrates in them because they don't utilize the nitrogen in the soil properly. Right. And the nitrate is poison. So she said, well, what can I do to the university professor that was talking about, you know, how to wait to fertilize until you're sure. And, and the field was out of sight and out of mind. And uh, one day when we got to a slow point, and she said, oh, no, we haven't fertilized. <laughs> and she we got fertilizer right away out there as fast as we could. What we didn't know is that um, we needed the millet mm. to crowd out the uh, sandburrs and the other weeds that were growing there and prosper fat. Well, the sandburrs had gotten far enough along that they crowded out the millet instead. Mm. And so the county extension agent came up with her after the county fair at the end of summer. And she says, oh, I've done such a horrible thing. And I went up there and he looked at it and he said, Judas Priest. <laughs> and he didn't say anything for a long time. And then he finally said, well, I suppose you could sell it for biologic weapons. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was such a wreck. Yeah. And then we... we to bail it up, think we were harvesting the uh, the hay and that all uh, oh, clog up the equipment. You'd have to crawl underneath it. And you'd get full of those little nasty sandburrs that you uh, step on at the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're all over the place. Everybody was the sandburrs grow in all fifty states. Right. Uh, fortunately, most people don't know what they are. <laughs> right. Right. And uh, so that was this. The story that said, you know, this is what happens when the seed gets sown into the uh, rocky soil or bad soil and the <laughs> weeds commonly crowded out. That was a very, 
vivid and intimidating experience to me. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about your family. Well, I've got uh, three kids and I've got a wife and my wife is a veterinarian, a large animal veterinarian. Mm-hmm. She grew up with she she grew up in the mountains, and when we were courting, it was a question as to, you know, how do I take my training, which was to be an architect, which requires lots of people, and her passion to be working with beef cows, which require very few people and lots of space, right. and make a life together. Right. And fortunately, we were able to do it. And... Uh, Actually, when we came to Nebraska, I actually prospered for a while as an architect because there was a a little bit of pent-up demand because for a long time, I was the only licensed architect in the entire Nebraska Panhandle. Oh, my goodness. That's an area about 300 miles by 200 miles. Wow. So you were busy. Yeah. Um, Well, I was sufficiently busy. We we prospered. and. uh, um then uh, life moved on and uh, uh, now I find myself working almost entirely in the ranch business. But we've got three kids that we've raised. Um, our oldest is here on the farm with us. And it's the main reason we're still here mm-hmm. uh, because he has a passion for farming. Um, our next uh, uh, son is um, in the... Uh, he was in the army. He went to West Point and did two tours in Iraq. And because of traumatic brain injury, did not finish either. Mm. Yeah. And he recovered from that sufficiently well that he stayed in the army a few more years um, and was promoted and uh, really was passionate about it until one day uh, he was putting his uh, daughter in the car seat in the back seat of the car and the wind in Colorado Springs caught him and hit, hit the side of his head and he's had uh, migraine headaches since. Mm-hmm. And the army decided, well, we can't uh, uh, work with that in medical denout. And they went to work in the, uh, the police business for a while. Mm-hmm. And I see that this connection might become unstable again. So let me know if it fails. Okay, just keep on. All right. Okay. And then I've got uh, um, a daughter who is a nurse, and she uh, lives down in Colorado Springs. And um, because her brother had had brain injury, one day she... uh, had noticed a, uh, uh, a lady that uh, husband had had brain injuries mm-hmm. and she wanted to share Galen's story with her more mm-hmm. uh, so that she'd have a little bit of hope mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not always a bad wreck. Right. Uh, that's, it's, a, a, it's a wreck, but, you know, it's one that maybe you get over. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually she ended up marrying that lady's son. Wow. wow. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and they got uh, a little boy also. So, it's, yeah, you see God working in all these stories. It's just, I get so excited when I see God at work. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And you did such a great job of sharing 
how you see God at work in your life and and your passion for uh, the world and for creation. And I'm really grateful for your good work. Is there anything that you'd want to share? Uh, any final thoughts you'd want to share with readers? Well, I really appreciated your help in editing. I think you did a wonderful job. Um, oh, thank you. You took some of the stories and, and managed to get to the heart of them fast enough that they fit on that little tiny 250 uh, word uh, uh, envelope that we get to use. Right. And uh, uh, others, you, you recognized, you know, this didn't really speak to me. It uh, has a high probability of being missed, but I understand where you're trying to go. And you, you, you help me, you know, think more about how other people would think about it. Um, I really hope that these stories help people to think about how God is working their lives and maybe have a different perspective that, you know, enriches their walk. I think they will. And Rex, thank you so much for your time. It's been a delight to talk with you today. Thank you so much. Have a good afternoon. You too. Thank you.